You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it is by far the easiest way that I have found to shop for tickets because I can be anywhere. And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I've used the SeatGeek app in the past here in Dallas where I live to buy Mavericks tickets to go see Yogi play, uh, to go to Rangers games, used it before to buy IU tickets when up in Bloomington. And I certainly plan on using it in the future because of how easy it is. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And using SeatGeek actually saves you time and money because they search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And best of all, listeners to the Assembly Call get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this special edition of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Monday, April 30th, 2018, just minutes after Romeo Langford made his long-awaited college announcement, and it was a good one for Indiana fans, as at 7.32 Eastern Time, Romeo did, in fact, pick the IU hat after, I thought, a really well-put-together presentation by New Albany High School with some good speeches, a really nice video presentation. Uh, And at 7.32 Eastern Time, Romeo chose the IU hat, said that he will be continuing his education at Indiana University. Uh, And that leads us into tonight's banner moment, uh, which frankly is one of the easier banner moments <laughs> that we've uh, that we've ever had to talk about here. Yeah, Jared, on... what are you going to go with today? I, I don't it's know. Really, I don't uh... know. You know. Um, but that obviously is the banner moment. Romeo choosing IU uh, after one of the more memorable and topsy-turvy recruitments that we have seen, you know, just in terms of who it felt had momentum and, you know, Indiana as of 13 months ago wasn't even really involved in this recruitment, it didn't feel like. And now for Romeo to be committing, you know, and and kind of putting a cherry on top, I guess you could say for the 2018 recruiting class, I just saw that according to 24-7 Sports, it is now the number nine class uh, in the country, which actually feels uh, a little bit low to me. Uh, But either way... Just an absolutely, you know, a great achievement, obviously, for Archie Miller and the Indiana Hoosiers. But more importantly, you know, for Romeo Langford, who had such a great career 
uh, you know, at New Albany, you know, four terrific years. I think this was a really nice culmination for him to win Mr. Basketball last night. uh, And then today to have so many people come out to be able to share this moment uh, with all of those people and, and now to be able to move on and embark on his college career, which most likely will just be one season, but to be able to continue to do that uh, in front of you know so many fans who have been supporting him all along, uh, you know this for the last few weeks has felt like kind of what the inevitable conclusion would be, uh, and now that it's here, you know it just kind of feels right, and hopefully that's how it feels to Romeo, uh, because ultimately you know this decision means more to him than it does to anybody else, and I think that you know we all think after seeing Archie Miller for one year uh, that Romeo will be in good hands. Obviously, he believes the same thing. Uh, and now Romeo uh, Langford is going to be a Hoosier, which is fantastic. Our banner moment, as always, sponsored by our friends at HoosierProud.com. Uh, and earlier today, on the heels of the Hoosier Hero t-shirt that they released last week, Hoosier Proud released yet another fantastic t-shirt design. This one is the IU Basketball Champions t-shirt. I actually already placed my order for one earlier today, uh, and here is why. I'm really particular in terms of how I want my t-shirts to feel, and they they have to be very comfortable to wear. They have to fit well. Hoosier Proud always gets a double-check plus in this category. And as for this t-shirt, I love the design. This one says Indiana across the top, shows a basketball swishing through the net, and based on the purity of the swish, I'm going to assume it was a Calvert Chaney shot that they took it from. Uh, And then the shirt lists out the years of each of Indiana's five championship seasons, and as a bonus, the years are listed in such a way that you could easily add banner number six without messing up the symmetry of the shirt. So smart designing there by Hoosier Proud. Uh, And I used our assembly call discount code so I didn't have to pay a full price, and you can too. Use the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y at checkout to get 15% off your order. And if you want to order multiple shirts so you can give them as gifts. The 15% off counts for everything you order, not just this IU Basketball Champions t-shirt. To see the shirt for yourself and place your order, visit HoosierProud.com and navigate to their Indiana University collection. That's HoosierProud.com, the Indiana University collection, and use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, for 15% off. All right, gentlemen, let's go around the horn and get some opening thoughts uh, on this epic commitment uh, for Indiana for Romeo Langford. Andy Bottoms, we will start with you first. Your bottoms line on tonight's news that Romeo Langford will be a Hoosier. Well, I mean, it, it's amazing to think about uh, you basically not being in this recruitment before Archie Miller takes over and the ground that they made up. So obviously a lot of credit to the coaching staff uh, for how they were able to, to turn that around. And I think, you know, it's, it's equally impressive just when you think about, you know, all the things that the Langfords have said throughout the process that they were very um, deliberate about what they went through. And I think very, you know, discerning in terms of where, you know, what was really the best fit for him and for you to be able to come out on top of that is obviously um, exciting for the fans, but I think a decision that they, um, given the, the the due diligence that they put into it, we'll be happy with. And I think it speaks really well to, you know, the message that the coaching staff was able to provide. They talked about really wanting to watch how the teams played over the course of the year. Um, and so, you know, for all the, you know, positives that we took away, I think it's, uh, you know, exciting to be able to see, uh, you know, that they really are, are buying in. And, uh, you know, the next thing you kind of flip forward too is is what does this you know mean going forward for other commitments you you certainly hope this is the first uh domino to fall and and that momentum uh is really something that can carry over in a way that uh you know we're all excited about if it if it can so uh hopefully this is the first of many uh you know big commitments in the same way that you know the zeller commitment was a big one uh for Crean and and the you know kind of move forward from here and and 
build on the momentum. Hopefully, like I said the other night, this isn't quite the, this might be the crescendo, but I don't think there'll be a huge drop off after this. And uh, so now everybody just, I, I expect many uh, people to post countdowns for the, uh, how many days it is till Hoosier Hysteria when practice starts now. <laughs> Ryan, let's bring you in here. As you and I were talking about before the announcement was made, you know, you were kind of, I guess, slow playing this more than anybody else. There's a lot of excitement, momentum kind of built that, you know, people started to assume that Romeo would be coming to Indiana. You kind of maintained a healthy dose of skepticism. What are you thinking now that the decision's been made? Well, I don't, I don't think I was skeptical that he would come to IU. I just was sort of, I don't, I, you know, I espoused the view that nobody knew what he was going to do and, and he kept it really close to the vest. And, and um, I just think that, you know, when you're, whenever you're dealing with 17, 18, 19 year old kids, they can make a decision and then 20 minutes later change their mind for whatever reason. And let's face it, he had a lot of good options here. Uh, Kansas is a national powerhouse, consistently puts guys in the NBA. Vanderbilt has a phenomenal recruiting class coming in. It's a great school. Um, so if even if he did do a one and done, he could always come back and get his degree. And that's a great degree. Um, so, you know, he had great options and I just didn't want people to, I guess what I was protecting against the most is I didn't want people to be mad that he didn't pick IU if he didn't, because he didn't deserve backlash for not picking IU. He's not a kid who teased that he was going to IU for months and then was going to throw a curveball. You know, he just said, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to handle my recruitment. Uh, he was always straightforward about it. And I, I respect and appreciate that. And I think everybody respects and appreciates the way that the kid and his family handled themselves. And, and so that was my stance is sort of, hey, we don't know where he's going to go, but support it no matter what. Uh, having said that, it's it's an enormous pickup for Indiana, not just for what Romeo can do on the court and where he takes you as a team next year. It, it, it's for what it says to other top players. And, and I've said this since the beginning is that getting Romeo was huge because now other top players can go, oh, well, if Romeo went there and he trusts Archie Miller and his staff to develop him and make him into an NBA player and he gives his stamp of approval to that coaching staff, that can open the floodgates to more top guys, at least even you know, considering IU as opposed to you know maybe uh, just passing on them. So I think it's a huge pickup for IU for that reason. Um, I, I liken it to the Cody Zeller pickup. I think Cody Zeller was a more important recruit if you're looking at the time and where Indiana had been. I think he's probably a more important recruit um, to the to the health of the program. But I think that this is as big, certainly, as that. It's, it's up in that area. And uh, certainly the best perimeter player we've seen at Indiana in a long, long time. I think he's better than Eric Gordon was. Um, Eric oh. Gordon... A better shooter. I think Romeo is a better scorer, and I think Romeo does more on the floor in total than than Eric Gordon did. And I, I mean, Eric Gordon is a phenomenal player. I just think Romeo is a next level guy and is a you know a, he's a franchise player in the NBA if he continues to develop. And and one thing I want to say before you go to anyone else, I would love to thank Rick Pitino for being dirty and getting <laughs> Louisville out of their recruitment because a year ago I think everybody thought Romeo was going to Louisville and with Duke as in second place. And then Rick Pitino got fired. Louisville got eliminated. And now he's coming to Indiana. So thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. It was all part of your grandmaster plan. Uh, I, I, you're a pal. And uh, yeah, thanks, buddy. And I was very, very happy uh, with how things turned out. Uh, yes, I think, we, I think we all were, Coach. Uh, speaking of Coach, Coach Tonsoni, uh, 
bring you in now. Um, in terms of how Romeo is going to impact this team on the court, you know, I think when you look ahead to next year's roster with what we have right now, there are glaring holes in the backcourt. Uh, you know, we don't know yet really what to expect from the point guard position. And there isn't anybody to be that go-to backcourt score, a guy that can get you shots from behind the line, that can go get you a bucket, uh, you know, when the shot clock's winding down. We saw how much was on Juwan Morgan's shoulders last year. What is, based on what you've seen of Romeo, we haven't seen him play a college game yet, so, you know, uh, we only know so much, but how do you think he's going to impact this team on the floor as soon as next season? Rick Majerus, who was an excellent basketball mind, would say offense is spacing and spacing is offense. Uh, that's how he said offense. But Romeo's going to space the floor. Uh, you got to guard him from three. He's a knockdown three. You got to be ready to help on a drive because he can put it on the floor and get to the rim. And he is that go-to scorer that we were missing this year. You saw we were able to score some points when Robert would hit eight or nine threes and really – get into an offensive groove. Well, that's going to be a lot more consistent now. And it'll really be good to see what Archie can do with his defensive ability because he's a pretty good athlete and he's long and lanky and would really looking forward to seeing Romeo guard people with, uh, with, with his length. But it, it is a go-to score and he will space the floor and make other people uh, able to score as well. And, and when Juwan comes back, now we have two really solid offensive threats and then turn loose that pack line defense and, and, and we're a lot better program. And that's kind of easy to say, but spacing the floor, shooters space the floor, drivers space the floor. That's the number one thing. I like how you just casually mentioned Robert Johnson making eight or nine threes in a game like it was a regular occurrence. Because <laughs> you're right, that, that one game, it did look pretty. <laughs> uh, okay, let's bring in our, our good friend Galen Clavio from Crimson Cast. You know, Galen... Uh, and I hope you will take this as a compliment because it's certainly meant as a compliment. Sometimes when I get overly excited and overly enthusiastic about something going on with IU basketball, I turn to you uh, because I know that your opinion will be perhaps more grounded in in reality sometimes even than mine is. And you can talk me down uh, from w- when I'm feeling too excited. Uh, I'm obviously feeling pretty elated right now, as are all Indiana fans. Is there any reason to pump the brakes on that at all? Or should this be an absolute celebration uh, for Indiana basketball that one of the best recruits the state has ever seen uh, is coming? Well, first, I'm, I'm glad to hear that I've entered full wet blanket territory in my IU fandom. That's awesome. But no, it, it also, call you behind your back, actually. You just well, know it. hey, no, it's, I, well, I'd always guessed that that was the case. No, you know, look, this is a big deal. It really is. Uh, someone mentioned the Cody Zeller recruitment earlier. This actually reminds me almost more of the Jared Jeffries recruitment to some degree in that uh, it's a, a dynamic player, a guy who you know, is, is a bona fide top 10 NBA guy probably right now. And from the standpoint of what it means to the program, you know, Zeller was certainly a very important recruit on a number of levels. Uh, I think that Jeffries was also an important one because it demonstrated that IU could go up against, you know, top programs elsewhere in the country and come away with a top player. And so, no, I would be unfettered in my excitement over this. And I am myself. I think that this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't get into recruiting as much as, as other people do. I follow it. Certainly. Uh, I don't, I think that we would have been in fine shape program wise without Romeo Langford, but this is an awesome cherry uh, on top of the Sunday, as well as being the Sunday itself. If, if that makes any sense, like this takes what was 
uh, I think, a solid recruiting class and turns it into something potentially transcendent. And not just for right now, but I think it demonstrates to a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of, of players in the state that IU is a place that they need to take seriously as a destination. Uh, so, no, I think that any optimism uh, that you're feeling, Jared, or that other folks in the, in the fan base are feeling is 100% justified. This is one of those days where you, you really can't look at it and say anything other than, wow, IU basketball has really got it going right now. Yeah, and that's important with all the the big names that Indiana's involved in the 2019 recruiting class, especially a lot of in-state names. You know, we've talked about that. What might a Romeo commitment signal to them? And, you know, I guess we're going to find out, you know, and, and we'll see, you know, when those guys are ready to commit and, you know, if Indiana uh, ends up being their choice or makes their final three. But uh, you certainly it's hard to view any any type of downside uh, for a decision like this. Um, that's absolutely, uh, absolutely true. Uh, Ryan, you want to go to a uh, give us a more detailed scouting report of Romeo and we go into our next segment. Yeah, that's fine. I, okay. I, I, I think it, it won't be super in depth, but uh, pretty much what we've talked about before with them, but I'll rehash it for sure. Okay. Well, now, so now that we've done the part where you give Galen a chance to kind of, you know, you know, pour cold water on this, is does this shift to the part where Ryan then tells us about his two year plan? When does that part come up? Yes. So coming up next on the assembly call, Ryan will tell us why Romeo is staying for two years, not one. That's next. All right, we are back here on the assembly call, our special edition post-Romeo Langford announcement show. This is the first time that we have ever done uh, a show after a recruiting announcement. I don't anticipate us doing a whole lot more of these in the future, uh, but I think this is kind of an unprecedented recruit and unprecedented moment, and so uh, we wanted to uh, we wanted to get in and do this for you tonight. Uh, so still lots of angles to cover. You know, I want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, we've, we've assembled a, a very esteemed panel here. I want to get your guys' thoughts on the announcement itself, you know, kind of how it all went down, because I know some people thought maybe a little bit too much was made of it, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, certainly we need to start breaking down, you know, uh, what this will mean for the team for next year in terms of roster. Uh, and I've actually got a, a few comparisons that I want to run by you guys and see if you think that there's any credence to them. So we'll get to all of that coming up, but Ryan, I wanted to start with you, um, just, you know, you're obviously notorious, famous on this show for watching tape, for giving us scouting reports of guys. So we absolutely have to get your scouting report on Romeo Langford, as well as your official designation for what kind of plan Romeo is on. If it's a one-year plan, uh, or if perhaps uh, like Noah Vonley. Noah was on a two-year plan. It's like a two-year plan. Which one are you, which one are you going with here? I stand by that 100%. Um no, I think that we can all agree that Romeo is likely a one and done guy. I think that's, that's the, there have been some people out there talking about how he might be a guy who sticks around for two years. Uh, as, as of today, uh, he's, he's going to be there. He's going to be in Bloomington for a year and let's enjoy it. Um, as far as, as a player, uh, we all know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I'm not going to go too in depth. He's nationally, uh, 24 seven as the fifth, as the fifth ranked player on their composite, he's sixth. Uh, I think that really a lot of those top five, six, seven guys on that composite that I've reviewed all kind of are interchangeable. Any of them could have been number one, I think. Um, and, and you wouldn't have had much of an argument. Um, I, I think that 
you know, he's a guy who is six, five, maybe six, six, uh, depending on who you ask about two Oh five, he's going to get bigger by the time he's on campus, which will help him as a finisher. Uh, he's, you know, I know coach talked about him being a knockdown shooter. I, I think that's, um, I, I think he's a very good shooter. I don't think he's a knockdown guy, though. I think his his you know he's more of a scorer than a shooter. And he's and about thirty five percent for his career. From yeah, three and and I school. think I think he could probably up that to about forty in college. Um, but I think he'll be shooting. You know, he won't just be popping threes, and he won't be standing on the perimeter. I think when you say that a guy's a knockdown shooter, you kind of get the image of a guy who wanders around the perimeter, and that's not what Romeo does. He is a guy who's going to attack, and he's going to sort of probe into the defense, see what he's got, and he's not afraid to share the ball. Either. This isn't a guy who's just a, you know, a one, you know, trick pony where he's just going to drive. He's just going to attack and he's just going to score. This guy who moves the ball um, defensively, you know, really, we didn't see a whole lot defensively from him in high school because he didn't have to play great defense, um, but he certainly got length. He certainly got the athleticism to play defense. And I think that's going to be, you know, game number one for for uh, for Archie Miller is going to be turning him into a defensive force. He's a guy who certainly has the ability to be a two-way player. And and look, with the way the NBA is going, he's going to want to be a two-way player. Um, you know, those guys who are versatile and can do it on both ends, like say, I know a guy we're all familiar with, Victor Oladipo, it has tremendous value these days. And, and I think that if you're Romeo, you've got to start looking at that. I know he's just moving on to college now, but you always have to have that future in mind. Um, so I would say this is a guy who's going to be that go-to scorer. And, and that's what Indiana needs. Aside from maybe some depth on the interior, they badly needed a scorer and they needed a point guard in this class. They got that in Robert Finnessy. Now they've got the scorer in Romeo Langford. You look at the rest of the class other than Romeo, and it looks like a bunch of guys who are going to be here three, four years and build a program. And when you get a guy like Romeo Langford, you know, without Romeo Langford, as, as others have discussed, this was a good recruiting class. Without Romeo Langford, you get Romeo and it goes from being a good class to something, as Galen said, that could be transcended and, and, and something you can build a program around. And, and I think that um, it, it is really a special moment for Indiana basketball. Now, you know, the work starts now, though. I mean, you know, Archie Miller put in a lot of work here. And the downside of being a coach is you put in all that work and now you got to put the real work in to make these guys better, make these guys a cohesive unit and make them play because, you know, last year was unacceptable. I think we all agreed with that. And I think it's, um, you know, I think it's time to move forward to the next part because next season starts now, you know, for all these guys, Romeo is going to get a call from Archie at some point today, and he's going to lay out what he needs him to do before he gets on campus. And, and, you know, the rest of the guys already have that. So, uh, really a chance for Indiana to make a big jump in that rebuild and, and really a chance for those other guys in this recruiting class to also take a step up because Romeo is going to make them better. Yeah. And Andy, I want to get your thoughts here in just a second on where you think Romeo's commitment places Indiana in the pecking order of the Big Ten, you know, given what Indiana will have coming back, what the other teams in the Big Ten have coming back. Before I do that, I do want to take a quick minute and talk about our friends at Meekum Auctions. And I just found this out last week. We actually have a longtime listener who works for Meekum uh, by the name of Justin, and he and I got to talking. And we felt like Meekum would be a good fit as a sponsor over the next few weeks for the Assembly Call while they are hosting their 31st Original Spring Classic Car Auction at the Indiana State Fairgrounds May 15th through May 20th. That's a Tuesday through a Sunday. Now, what will you find at this Meekum auction? 2,000 classic and collector cars, everything from muscle cars and race cars to classics and exotics. 
But more than that, as Justin was explaining to me, it's a really family-friendly environment, so it makes for a perfect family outing. And there will also be some big-name sports tie-ins as well, because MLB Hall of Famer Reggie Jackson will be there uh, selling 18 cars from his private collection. And Meekum will also be offering the green 1967 Corvette that was gifted to Bart Starr for winning the Super Bowl One MVP award. Uh, there's also a road art auction simultaneous to the car auction. This includes porcelain and neon signs, gas and oil collectibles, pedal cars, and more. So, gates open daily at 7.30 a.m. Tickets and bidder registration is available in advance at Meekum.com. Again, it's Meekum's 31st original spring classic car auction at the Indiana State Fairgrounds, Tuesday, May 15th through Sunday, May 20th. Go to Meekum.com for more information. That's M-E-C-U-M.com for more information. Uh, so, Andy, as we project forward, you know, now I think we get into the question of expectations. Uh, you know, what is fair to expect? And I have some thoughts on what might be possible in terms of a ceiling for this team, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but as we look to what should we expect from Indiana in terms of the Big Ten race next year, you take one quick glance at the roster, you see Romeo Langford and potentially Juwan Morgan, if he does indeed come back, which I think is the expectation of most, it's a pretty pretty good duo. You know, it's going to be, I think, better than any duo that any other Big Ten team is, is going to put out there. Um, where do you see, given what Indiana will have with Romeo and Juwan and then the rest of the players on the roster, where do you see Indiana stacking up with the rest of the Big Ten? Yeah, there's so many decisions to, uh, you know, still to come. We talked about some of those on the radio show last week, but I mean, it feels like top four. I mean, there's nobody that really stands out. I, I guess, you know, even when you Big look Big Ten the, looks weak next year. Yeah, even when you look at the top 25s, like hardly any, you know, if, if you look across different outlets, I mean, hardly anybody got, picked in the top 10 Michigan state did a couple of times, which I think is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit odd given, uh, you know, given who they lost, Michigan's been up there, but obviously, you know, they, they lose Wagner or Wagner. Uh, they potentially lose Charles Matthews. Um, Maryland's got some big decisions. So I think by the time the dust settles from all that, I mean, it feels like top four, you're looking at, you know, teams like Michigan, Michigan state, Maryland, you know, maybe Nebraska, if, if Palmer and Copeland both come back, uh, I think Penn State took a hit, obviously, with Carr leaving, you know, maybe Wisconsin, depending on what happens. But I feel like top four, I obviously don't know how the, you know, Big Ten schedule plays out and those kinds of things. But uh, I think top four feels feels reasonable. And I think in a Big Ten that is going to be a little bit tough to figure out, you know, I think Romeo becomes immediately the highest rated recruit. IU probably ends up with the number one class compared to, I think it was Michigan, maybe Maryland that had it uh, heading into this. So, um you know, I think it's uh, I think there's a, a reasonable chance to believe top four and I think could certainly improve upon that just depending on how these last you know handful of decisions shake out in the next you know month or so. Hey, uh, guys, we have breaking news. And uh, Ryan, I want to get your thoughts on this immediately. Skip Bayless thinks Romeo Langford made the wrong decision. Well, that automatically means he made the right decision. I think that that's fair. Uh, this is the guy who doesn't think LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet anymore. So uh, good job, Romeo. You win, buddy. You win. You're already he's going to be uh, obviously a superstar. <laughs> I actually uh, wonder how Skip Bayless can like, I mean, it's I mean, he shit, went to Vanderbilt. Shit. I get it. But shut up. Just shut. Let the kid have his moment. Shut up. Yeah. Joined a recruiting and could have joined a recruiting class that could have contended for a national championship. What? Yeah, I don't. He's I don't know. It's hard to talk. To, I, I don't know what he has to do to talk himself into these things, but uh, it's pretty impressive. Whatever it is. Yes. Uh, all right, Galen. I want to. I want to ask you. 
you know, this is a big moment for Archie Miller. Uh, you know, Archie famously came in, and when, when he laid out his plan for recruiting, you know, famously said... It's called Inside Out. Inside Out. You know, it, it said it at Huber's Winery that first time that, you know, he knows where New Albany, Indiana is. I mean, he, you know, really kind of laid down the gauntlet for himself from day one when I don't think most people thought there was a real legitimate shot for Indiana to get Romeo. You know, obviously, knew you know, it's the state school, and there had been some discussion there knew that we'd get a chance but it didn't feel very likely and now Archie has gone and and gotten this commitment along with you know the rest of that class along with what you know the groundwork we're seeing laid for future recruiting classes but specific to this you know getting Romeo what does that tell you uh, about Archie Miller it tells me he knows what he's doing and I kind of feels that, nice to have a guy like that in charge well, huh? it does I mean this is the thing that IU's been missing for decades now i mean it's it's there's there seems to be not just a coherent plan and a strategy in recruiting but an ability to execute that plan in an effective manner and you know so when you look at the acquisition of romeo langford here you know in, in and as you said in a situation where frankly iu was not in the mix i think it's like 90 percent archie miller and 10 percent the state district of new york uh that, that helped to make this possible but you know, the, the fact that he was able to create a, an environment where Romeo Langford hadn't, you know, felt IU was the place to go and somehow turns it around in the amount of time that he did. I mean, that's it, it just it, it reinforces everything I thought about the guy when we hired him, which was that, you know, you give someone like this an opportunity to prove themselves. This is what a lot of recruits are looking for. They're looking for young dynamic coaches who know what they're doing, who, who, who can demonstrate to them why they would want to come and play. And they're able to do that with several players at a high, at high talent levels. I mean, you go back and look through, you know, what, what many coaches have done early on in their college, in their careers at big colleges, even going back to Bob Knight, you know, those first three or four recruiting classes, a lot of times they will be landing their best players uh, you know, or among the best players that they'll have during their time there. So nothing about it surprises me because I felt that Archie Miller had the ability to do this. Uh, you know, it's gratifying to see. Uh, and I think it just it illustrates how much better and more consistent the recruiting is likely to be moving forward under Archie Miller, because this demonstrates that, you know, he's he's able to execute what he says that he's going to execute. So one of the the comments from Tim Langford that I thought was interesting, and Ryan, we were talking about this a little bit in the chat, you know, is he talked about when Romeo told him where he wanted to go, you know, that told Tim that Romeo really knows basketball, you know, where he wanted to go play. And and Coach Tonsoni, I want to get your perspective, you know, as a parent and as a coach yourself, what is it about Archie? What did you see from Archie his first season? What have you seen from him, you know, in, in the different, you know, videos and press conferences and, and different comments that he's made that, you know, if, if you were a parent, you would want your son to go play for him, clearly that, that Tim Langford saw as well. That's going to differ for each set of parents. But what I think maybe the Langfords and, and what I would look for is a straight shooting person who's going to work hard and hold your son accountable and be that extension of the family. Uh, and, and hopefully as a parent, I have done that with my two sons, uh, right from wrong and, and pushing them to have a good work ethic. And, and just the way Archie, uh, it, it's not flamboyant. It's not, um, worried about what's on the camera or who's in the band. He's worried. Archie's worried about coaching basketball and making players better. 
and in press conferences, hey, we did not beat Duke. We need to remember that. That is a seriousness that I think uh, a parent who is also serious about the development of their son has to see in Archie and, and be a positive. And I, I'm biased, though. Um, I've been on his bandwagon since the hire. But that's kind of what I see. He's going to go there and he's going to be coached. Uh, he's not just going to be handed the keys to the IU gym and say, do whatever you want. Archie's going to make him better along with the staff and put him in good position for a professional career and along the way uh, help Indiana back to winning ways. How do you think – I'm asking you to speculate here. How do you think it will be handled the first practice? Like does Romeo walk in and is he on the starting lineup, in the starting lineup, or does he you know, nominally start with the second group and have to earn his way there? I think Bob Knight throws him out immediately. I think that's <laughs> – that seems like the only way. I From the start, I mean – you, you know Romeo's going to be in the first unit, whatever you do, white and red and, and defense, but you mix it up a little bit. But um, everyone knows Romeo's pretty good, so you're not going to show anything by putting him down in the second five or making him earn it or whatever through three or four practices. You go out there and then you hold him accountable. And, and good programs are only as good as their best player and how he works in practice and how serious he takes development. If, if your best player is serious and a leader – and then you have to coach them. You you can't handle them with kid gloves either. You have to be able to coach them just as you would coach the 12th and 13th player. And I believe through the toughness of this recruitment and the way they've handled it, Romeo has showed a desire to be coached. And sometimes the top players may not want to be coached. They just want to wear the jersey and, and play. And so I think uh, that that's – you put them in there and you have high expectations and you hold them accountable. But you also understand that uh, – there are some players who can make a few mistakes, and uh, there are some players who who don't have that long a, a leash. Um, the UTEP coach, his name is skipping my mind, the old Don Haskins, heard a quote from him. He had some police called and said, some of your players are down here misbehaving on a train. And he goes, well, who are they? And they said, why does it matter? He says, because some players can misbehave on the train and some players can't misbehave on the train. Now, we could argue uh, and misbehave off air. I'll show you what they were doing, but they're there. You know, rules are, you know, you don't have rules for everyone. I think things are different. And I know people are saying, well, that's not fair. Well, life's not fair. You know, Romeo's pretty good, but you got to coach him and you got to hold him accountable uh, as, as much as you can for a star player, because otherwise then it doesn't work for the whole program. All right, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, it looks like we will have Zach McCry live from New Albany to give us his thoughts live on the scene, what it was like, what, what Romeo's announcement was like, and then we still have plenty more to break down about Romeo's announcement, what it means for Indiana right now, what it means for the future, coming up on the special edition of the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You're listening to The Assembly Call, a special edition of The Assembly Call, breaking down Romeo Langford's announcement that he will be playing at Indiana University next season. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with a, a big panel, the coach, Ryan Phillips, Andy Bottoms, Galen Clavio, and now joining us live from New Albany to give us his thoughts on the scene and a pretty remarkable scene that it was, the Big EZ, Zach McCrite. Zach, what's it like there in New Albany? I think you're muted, Zach. We will bring you on right now. Unmuted. Okay, there, there you go. There we go. You got me? Gotcha. 
how does that sound? I've got these little AirPods in because I figured that's the only way I was going to be able to hear you guys. It's good enough. Um, it's been uh, it's been wild here. Um, the the media scrum that we had uh, after he announced was by far the biggest scrum that I've ever been a part of. It was about uh, I was about eighteen deep, and I had to ask about something about six or seven people ahead of me if they would hold my microphone so we could get uh, some of the thoughts from him. Um, and uh, it was nuts, man. When I mean, you know, I've been in this gym. Uh, at least this season, I was in this gym for, you know, I think maybe every single home game, uh, calling the game. And, you know, I, I had a bird's eye seat for every one of those games. And with a headset on, you're able to really hear an amplified crowd noise when Romeo did things on this court. And this time it was half the people, about 2000, I'd imagine. And, more crowd noise. I'm telling you, and I know people will never believe me, but um, it was it was something that was just a little bit louder, had a little bit different feel than before. And maybe it's just maybe it's just me, and I'm sure a lot of other people in the building. When whenever you see him do something that he literally has never done before, even when you think you've seen him do it all, um, it, it was a completely different vibe in here. Um, when, when all that happens, <laughs> people are hollering. Sorry. Hey, by the way, congratulations on your voice making the video. I heard that at the beginning know, of the right? video. That was you that. calling his I, game. I, I couldn't hear, uh, the call. I'm assuming it was, uh, you know, I'm assuming it was just a great call. They found the three great calls out of about a hundred and 150 calls that were all you know, the other 147 were terrible, but they found the three. So that's good. So where's Romeo right now? Is he over signing autographs? He is, uh, taking pictures. So it's in. And uh, if, if I if I wasn't getting pushed away, uh, I would uh, I would try to interview him right now. But let me see what I can do here. If I can switch the camera around for everybody watching here. Um, it's great. And coach, yeah, and well, coach and, yeah, and, coach and for Shannon the- and Romeo. Yeah, just to explain, you, Coach Shannon is in front of me right now. He's talking to the reporter, and then Romeo is in front of him, uh, right. taking pictures behind a behind a uh, a rope here. Uh, and then he's uh, I think he's making his way to the autograph table now, finally. I mean, what are we, about one hour post-decision or close to it? He still yeah, hasn't been to the autograph table yet, and there are hundreds back there waiting for him, and so he's heading that direction right now. Yeah, so maybe we'll let him do the autographs and not uh, bring him on for an episode of the Assembly Call. I think that seems I think that seems reasonable for those people who have been waiting for him. Uh, so, Zach, as you, as you do that and watch Romeo, guys, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, and, uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, you got to watch the announcement on the announcement itself. You know, did you what did you think of, you know, kind of the pomp and circumstance that they that they that they did with the announcement, kind of the build up, you know, taking, you know, 32, 33 minutes to do it. Did you have any problem with it? No, not at all. I mean, look, they they said how it was going to be. They let us know ahead of time. This wasn't a surprise. It was probably going to be about a half hour until he, um, you know, until he announced. And, and to be fair to Romeo, you know, he got to his point very quickly, you know, he had a quick little write up and then he spoke and then, and then he announced it. Uh, he let his coach speak. He let the pastor speak. And then his father, you know, came out and said some stuff. And I, you know, I had no problem with that. Um, I, I really didn't, I, you know, I just, I, I, this is the way things go these days. I thought it was, uh, more straightforward than we've seen some of these other announcements. Um, and you know, this kid gets to do this once. So, um, you know, let him do it the way he wants to do it. 
Yeah, and I thought uh, Alex Bozich had, had a good tweet. I, I, look, I didn't see many people that had a problem with it, but there were obviously a few, and I thought Alex summed it up well, uh, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. To anyone complaining about the length of this announcement ceremony, Romeo Langford stayed for hours after games to sign autographs all season, which he didn't have to do. Let him enjoy this moment and stop complaining. Uh, that that struck the right note for me. Uh, Galen, I noticed on Twitter you did not stream uh, the, the announcement live. Uh, was there any reason why why you boycotted the stream? Nah, I just, I, I, you know, I was mostly just interested in the announcement and I've been to these things before I was at the Cody Zeller announcement, uh, you know, and so, um, I just, I'm, I'm happy they had their moment and I think it was an important community event. You know, you know, the guy just won Indiana Mr. Basketball yesterday, first time in that high school's history. I didn't have any problem with the announcement itself. I just, I knew that from the standpoint of them telling us how long it was probably going to be and knowing who the speakers were. Uh, you know, you don't, you're not required to watch uh, these things. And that's the great thing about Twitter is people can tell you, hey, Romeo's dad's on stage. That means Romeo is about to get on stage. So I, I thought that the complaints were a little over the top. Wait, we're not? We weren't required to watch? You're not? Believe it or not, you're not required. You don't have to do it. I, did, I, did, I didn't realize there was a choice. Yeah. <laughs> you said uh, we had to watch, Jerry. <laughs> Um, All right, sorry, let, me, let me bring Zach back in. Zach, can you hear us still? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So, I mean, you know, just in terms of the announcement, how the whole night went, uh, I think it went a little bit shorter than you and Alex, you know, probably thought it would maybe on, you know, when we talked before the announcement, a little bit shorter. Um, anything about the announcement stick out to you? You know, the way that it was presented uh, pretty much all went according to plan. Well, I mean, if, if you could all spell it out with me, give me a C, give me an H, give me an A. Me that, a that was interesting. No, just, um, no uh, um, not not really. Um, I thought it was professionally done. And, you know, New Albany High School has a way, and, and, and this is coming from a guy who uh, whose rival, whose main arts rival was New Albany High School. I went to Providence High School right down the street. Um, so I say this uh, with zero bias um, for sure they know how to put on events, especially when they pertain to basketball. And this one was as different as any event that they have done. And I thought they did it beautifully. They hired out a, a, a full production company to, uh, to not only set all of this up, but to make sure that every single uh, media outlet had sound, had video. So um, the presentation itself was great. And I think I'll just add to, kind of um, uh, what you guys have been talking about. Um, you know, I, I got to talk to the parents, both the parents uh, after, after it was over with. And, you know, one thing that I asked the both of them was, you know, how do you think this will, you know, how do you think Romeo will be tonight? Now that it's all over, you know, how do you think he'll act? And, and both of them without hesitation said, Oh, it'll be the same Romeo. Had that being said, I, and I don't know if you saw a little bit of the, the video I was taking uh, and I know for the radio audience, they can't, they can't see it, but the video I was taking of Romeo, as you guys were chatting, um, he, it looked visibly like there was some sort of weight off of his shoulders. Oh, I bet. Um, that, that this, that this is, um, that it's almost liberating. And, and, and I, I think that's kind of cool. Like for the first, I'll just put you this way. I don't get to hang around the kid a whole lot, but for the first time, literally the first time, that I, since I've been covering him, he looked like a high schooler and, uh, that, and, and that, that hasn't happened. I mean, you never see that on the court and off the court, this was the first time. So I think that was, that was very, very cool as well, but all in all, uh, it, it's, it's been 
um, a, a crazy event that I don't think I'll ever see again, especially not for a high schooler. Coach Tonsoni, can you even fathom, I mean, having a player of Romeo's level and what it must have been like for Jim Shannon to try to, to try to manage all this and, and, and what it must have been like for, I mean, Romeo, a kid who's, you know, 16 and 17 and 18, you know, just learning how to be a young adult to have to have this weight on his shoulders, as Zach just kind of alluded to, uh, you know, from your position as a coach, how would you have handled that? How do you think he handled it? Well, Jim Shannon holds a special place in, in my heart. He got, gave me my start in coaching back in 1994, and I had the pleasure of working for him for four years. And no one works harder at learning the game and, and, and reading and talking to people about leadership. So it doesn't surprise me that a Jim Shannon was able to handle a top five nationally recruited player who decided to stay at his local high school instead of going uh, off to school um, at other places where – these superstars go to play. And uh, I every post-game a- interview, if you heard Jim talk and the way he handled it, um, I think was spot on. And you, you have to be able to allow uh, for your bus to be an hour later home because Romeo is going to be signing autographs. You have to allow Romeo in the summer to go do his uh, camps around the country as the rest of the team is working on skill development and team camps and all of those things. And Jim understood that. And, and I think that takes a special coach too, because in the state of Indiana, there's a lot of pressure on winning and you, you, you like to have things under your control. And I think it takes a special leader like coach Shannon to be able to manage all of that and get Romeo to be uh, a team player, a new Albany player first and a Romeo player second, at least from, what it seems like. Andy, uh, before we take a break, any thoughts just on the ceremony, how it all went down? I No, I kind of caught bits and pieces. We were out taking a walk, and so I was trying to listen to the audio. That crapped out, and then I, I watched some of the video along the way. So it was, you know, I mean, it was his moment to do what he wanted with, and and I thought the, the tweet you, you mentioned from Alex Bozic summed it up well. And, you know, it's his moment to do what he wants with. And, and you know, as Galen proved, if you if you don't want to partake in the <laughs> pageantry of it or whatever you want to call it, you certainly don't have to. So um, that's what was funny is, you know, I was whatever stream I ended up watching it on. People were, you know, everybody, it's a contest to see who can be more more clever uh, about the joke they're going to make and how long it's taking. And there was a bunch of people that were like, then just don't watch if you don't want to, <laughs> if you don't want to do that. But uh, so no, I, I didn't really have an issue with it. I thought, the parts that I saw were, were fine. There were parts that drug out a little bit, but you know, if that's how he wanted to spend the time uh, and celebrate the the moment and the event, then uh, who are we to, to tell him how to do it? Yep. I got to say, I, it didn't drag as long as I thought it would. So I, I was expecting bad and yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. No, I agree with you. Well, there's still plenty more to discuss here on this special edition of the assembly call, breaking down Romeo's announcement. Let's have some fun and get into actually talking about next year in more depth, what the lineup will look like with Romeo, with Romeo, what some reasonable expectations can be for the ceiling of this team. We'll talk about that next. Stick with us. You are listening to The Assembly Call, a special edition of The Assembly Call, as we are breaking down Romeo Langford's announcement that he will, in fact, be attending 
Indiana University for what we all presume will be one year of college basketball. Uh, and by the way, if this is your first time with us here on the Assembly Call, I do want to let you know uh, that we do a show every week. Uh, we broadcast it live on Thursday nights. Uh, it's also on our podcast feed. And then once the season starts, we do a live postgame show after every single game. So you can join us. We'll be going live this year on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live. So follow us wherever it's most convenient for you, and you will be able to watch our show live. Or you can subscribe to our podcast uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for Assembly Call, uh, and you will find us. And uh, you know, I think that that's going to be one of the uh, one of the big impacts of this is you know as as there you know as the team starts to win more as you get recruits like Romeo Langford, uh, you know I think we all know we've been talking to a lot of diehards for the past couple of years as the seasons haven't been as good. More moments like the like this one are going to bring in more of the casual fans and get the momentum ramped up again for Indiana basketball, which is something that we're all very excited about. Um, not just you know what it means for our show, but just what it means for Indiana basketball on the national landscape again, because you know Indiana should be one of the primary players on the national scene, and it's going to take some more moments like this. But this is obviously a big step toward getting back to that. So let's talk big picture now. Expectations for next year, and I've got a couple of comparisons that I want to run by you guys and see if you think that they're crazy uh, or if you think that they might have some validity. Uh, And the first one that I want to start with, um, and Ryan, I'll get your thoughts on this first. You know, I I was trying to find, I guess, you know, some comparisons, you know, for teams, you know, that had, you know, one really good player returning, a freshman came in, really made a big impact, especially a freshman score. And I think the obvious one that a lot of people have talked about is the 2008 Indiana team. Uh, that, you know, featured Eric Gordon. You know, obviously that team, uh, the previous year, they were 21 and 11, uh, actually 14th in Ken Palm. I think people, you know, forget how good that team was the year before, made the round of 32. But then Eric Gordon came, uh, teamed up with DJ White to form an absolutely lethal duo. And that team was fantastic through the beginning of the year. They were 24 and 4, 13 and 2 in conference play before the bottom absolutely fell out. And, you know, we kind of know what happened after that, you know, but the parallels are obvious with, you know, DJ White and Jawan Morgan, Eric Gordon and Romeo Langford. Um, You know, Ryan, as you look back to that team, which was certainly elite for a time, as I said, you know, before the bottom fell out, do you think that that is a decent comparison for this team? you know, could they be as good there, or is that even underselling what the ceiling could be for this team? I think it's probably underselling it a little bit because I think there's more um, all-around talent on on next year's team. Now, I, the problem with that team was obviously what happened with the coaching situation fell apart. I mean, a lot of people might not know that that's the year. I mean, that you're referring to that's the year that Kelvin Sampson was fired mid-season. Um, I didn't know, want so to that, mention it. Well, that's fine. Just to give everybody the information that's, you know, we don't remember years necessarily matching up with drama um, because there's been so much of it. Um, So yeah, that the bottom did fall out of that season. I do think there's more depth next year on the roster. And and I think there's more, um, the talent will be younger than, than maybe would be ideal, but there is going to be a lot of talent. I mean, look, the rest of this recruiting class is great. Uh, you know, I think we're underselling that a lot. People are, and people hung so much on Romeo's recruitment, and rightfully so. He's a huge addition, um, but there really is a lot of talent in this recruiting class, and it's balanced and it's spread out across the roster. It's not like they recruited four guards and a post guy. I mean, they recruited across the roster and and really set the foundation for long term growth with these guys. Romeo accelerates that timeline by a year at least. Um, I don't know if it's going to wind up being exactly like the thing because people forget DJ White was really good and he was bigger than Jawan Morgan and he was an automatic 
bucket in the post, which mm-hmm. Juwan, I mean, Juwan's more versatile than that. He's going to play more on the perimeter and, um, you know, hopefully uh, maybe add some strength and be a better back to the basket guy this off season. But, uh, you know, I think that DJ White was a potential, you know, Big Ten player of the year before Eric Gordon committed. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that's an okay comparison. I mean, the problem with these, and we've talked about this when we try and do player comparisons, there's no one-to-one comparison. It's never going to no, be... No, but it's trying to give a frame yeah. of reference. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. I, I think there is a difference here, though, too, is that this team will play defense. This team will hustle. This team will get on the floor. And and having Romeo isn't going to change that or make that you know, lessen that a little bit, you know, Romeo, I don't think, and you guys were talking about Romeo, you know, harnessing him and how he's going to be treated and all that. Romeo's not going to come in like a star personality wise. I mean, just based on what everybody has said, this kid wants to work and he wants to come in and he wants to win. And, and regardless of how great his senior season was, I guarantee you just based on what everyone has said about him, that he's incredibly disappointed. He didn't win state. You know, I mean, that's, that's probably where his focus is. And that's probably where he's, what he's thinking about right now is that banked in shot by, by Warren central to beat them in semi-state. I, I guarantee you he's going to bed every night thinking about that and not how many points he scored, not where he's going to college, all that stuff. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I think he's going to come in and he's going to be just like one of the guys and he's just going to want to get into it. I mean, just based, and I have, I, I wouldn't say that about the kid unless I thought it was true. I mean, a lot of these kids, you do have to take the AAU mentality out of them and make them play like they're on a team. But I don't think that's going to be a problem for Romeo. All right. So let me throw out another one. And look, I'm not saying this is likely, uh, but to me, it shows. If you say Syracuse, I'm going to reach through the screen and smack you. OK, fine. Then reach through the screen and smack me because I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say Syracuse. And I tweeted this out. And I know, you know, some people think it's a little bit ridiculous, but just hear me out on it. And again, I think it shows the ceiling for what this team could do. Not that it's likely, but it's a Syracuse team that the year before was 23 and 13. They made the NIT. Uh, they were very poor on offense, 114th in the country, but good on defense at 22nd. Carmelo Anthony comes in. Uh, they had Jerry McNamara in that recruiting class, too. So they had two top 40 guys, and Carmelo was the number two prospect. Their offense shot up to 17th. Their defense improved a little bit to 14th, but it was already very good. And, you know, when you look at that, you've got, you know, the, the two guys in Carmelo Anthony and then Hakeem Morick, who played in the NBA. There's your Romeo and Juwan comparison. And Juwan, numbers-wise, better than Warwick. I think it would be tough for Romeo to come in and have the impact of Carmelo, who had 22 points, 10 boards uh, a game. Uh, but he'll probably have a similar usage rate. Carmelo used almost 28% of possessions. Um, and look, I, I think... You know, part of where that comparison is going to break down is it's going to be really hard for Romeo to be that good because it's one of the best freshman seasons we've ever seen. That Syracuse team was already top 25 in defense before he arrived. And Indiana, despite their improvements, was only 65th you know, last season. And the other question is, who would be this team's Jerry McNamara, Andy? You know, he's a guy who, you know, provided a lot from the, the backcourt position, made a lot of big shots. You know, maybe Devontae Green could be that guy, but he hasn't shown us that we can count on it. So uh, I see all the places where the comparison breaks down. But if you're looking for something that shows you what's possible when you get just a prodigiously talented scorer as a freshman, that to me at least I think shows you if they can get you know a three or four seed that Syracuse team was a three seed and things break the right way, there's a lot of ability on this roster besides just Romeo when you think about Jawan and you think about Justin Smith and the other young guys. So uh, I'm going to throw it out there, Ryan. You can reach through and strangle me now, and then we'll get Andy's actual analysis on it. No, I look. I the problem is that no, no, no. Carmelo, that's where Andy analyzes. 
Yeah, no, he gets to come in next because you pointed at me. Uh, look, it, it, I, I think that you're, you're okay with Syracuse getting Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony was a generational player um, and, and fit the college basketball game really well. I'm not saying that Romeo Langford isn't great, but you're comparing him to a guy who was one of the great offensive players in the NBA for about a decade. Okay, I, I just think that there's, yeah, but, a, there's but he a, could be 85 no, to 90 percent of that is what I'm saying. I don't even know that. I mean, I love Romeo. Romeo's gonna be fantastic and he's gonna continue to get better. Uh, but here, here's the problem with that Syracuse comparison is Syracuse running that zone. All they had to do was stick in some long athletic guys and they would have a ridiculous defense. And, and so it's, it's really hard to compare anybody to that Syracuse team, uh, especially with how ridiculously athletic they were. And I think that. It, I just want to caution people. Anybody starting to think, oh, this team can win a national title next year. Stop. Just stop. Just don't know. No, 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 no. Don't do it, that. It would be unfair to expect that. But why is it ridiculous to say it's within the realm of possibility? Because that shouldn't be where the focus is at all. I mean, this will be a team that can compete in the Big Ten. But if, if you start throwing that out there before we even see them on the court, you're going to start getting people's expectations up and then they're going to be disappointed because it look. There's going to be a lot of really good teams nationally next year. And so talking like, well, this team can compete for a national title is a bad idea. And and look, Romeo is going to be fun to watch and he's going to be great and he's going to make this team better. But this team is three or four years away from building to the point where they're going to consistently compete for national titles. And so, no, I do not think that Indiana is going to win a national title next year. I think they're going to be fun no, to no. watch. I don't think they're going to either. Again, you're comparing them to a Syracuse team that won a national title. It's in, right. But what I'm saying is if you're looking at the outer realm of possibility, the one, two percent possibility chance, that's what I'm saying is there's a template for this happening again. I've already said, I think the fair expectations are top three or four in the Big Ten, second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think those are fair expectations entering the season, given what's there. And I think if you, you know, get back to the tournament, you know, maybe you don't have to make the second weekend given, you know, for it to be a successful season. But there's a difference between what's a successful season and what's, what's within the realm of possibility. And it's a day for dreaming. It's a day for thinking as big as we possibly can. That's all I'm saying. And here is a historical precedent. So stop raining on everybody's parade because it's <laughs> a big saying, day. man. I'm <laughs> I'm just saying, let the kid get on campus first before you put the Carmelo Anthony comparison. Carmelo Anthony won one of the greatest single seasons in the history, like freshman seasons in the history of college basketball. Let's not put that on Romeo's shoulders. All right, Andy, am I being ridiculous? Well, people should go watch that Carmelo Anthony now that they've like the his corpse is done playing in the Oklahoma oh, City series. But I wrote about that last week. Be that as it may. Um, yeah, you know, I. It, certainly that is to your point, the top, you know, 1% of potential outcomes. I think the wild card for me with, with this team for IU is just how young they are. Um, it's not only Romeo, but it's, you know, a lot of other young guys, you know, coming in who are going to, at least some of them will need to play, you know, bigger roles. You've got Justin Smith who, you know, played uh, a lot of minutes at times last year, not as many. I mean, a lot is going to be needed from him. Uh, you know, if you really look at upperclassmen wise, you know, Juwan is kind of the guy that you really know what you you're going to get from on a night in and night out basis. And really, he's Zach McRoberts. Come on now. OK, that's true. That's true. It, you know, those two are really the only guys who you kind of have a really good handle on what you're going to get. Now, there's reason to be excited about uh, Justin Smith and, uh, you know, what Al Durham looks like after another you know year uh, in the program. Devontae, we saw the flashes last year. I think that to me is the big thing is who of that group, you know, Duran's health. Um, so I think that that's the part that becomes challenging is that there's a, the, the range of outcomes becomes 
wider in my eyes just because you have so many young guys who who haven't necessarily been there before uh, that you're going to really be relying on some subset of them in a in a big way. So, um, but no, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rain on your parade, Jared. I'm not I'm not that guy. Zach, am I am I placing too much pressure on Romeo by saying there's a you know like a one percent chance that they could you know possibly finish like a like a Syracuse team? Just stating that as a precedent is even bringing that up, putting too much on his shoulders. And and sorry, I've got the car microphone on. I don't know if it sounds any different. Uh, my my answer to that, Jared, would be that if it is truly a one percent chance, you spent a whole lot of time on that one percent chance. <laughs> but uh, but that being said, I mean. Look, as you were explaining yourself, you know, I think you got Indiana fans excited. And I think and I do agree that if there is a day for that, today is the day. After today, I think I would probably start to lean more towards Ryan and go and look and look if if if, uh, if this is going to be, you know, if if this is going to be a good year, then we should define what good year is. And, um, and I'm not talking about the 1%, you know, uh, you know, what, what has a better than 50% chance of happening with this team. And I think once, once Ryan started to needle you a little bit, I think you started to come too, and you came out of your, your psychedelic haze, uh, <laughs> so to speak. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, third or fourth in the big 10, I still think that's a, that might be a smidge lofty, honestly. Um, but, but definitely attainable. Well, the problem and, is yeah. so much of that depends on schedule and like where you finish in yeah, the big Ten. And, and, and what's coming back with these other thing. teams. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course there's, there's a lot of ifs to this, no, no doubt. So it's so early to say, um, by the way, uh, we're, we're brought, there's a, there's a post announcement party that I, uh, or, or, and show that I am heading to right now. And I'm going to tell you, you would, ne- I'm pulling up to it right now. You would never think it's a Monday night. <laughs> There, I'm gonna find. There's gonna be nowhere to park here. Um, Monday nights in New Albany are always hopping, man. I don't know. What yeah, you're Monday about. Monday night in New Albany. Um, they were they were already doing an after party here because they they all assumed that Romeo was going to announce, and now we're gonna broadcast from there. Once I find a place to park, um, there was one other thing about the announcement that I wanted to throw out there because I know there's a bunch of other people yeah. that that uh, that have been sitting by the mic, and um, I'm trying to recall it now, and, and now I've lost my train of thought. I, um, I know it had to do. Oh, it was Romeo's, uh, it was Romeo's, uh, I asked him when he, I go, I asked him afterward, I said, when did, when did I, you like for the first time really, did it really hit you? You're like, all right, they're in the mix. Like, I don't know if they're there, but they're in the mix. And he said it was Archie's home visit. And I said, what about it? And he said, they showed me game film of how I would fit in their offense. And for the first time I could see myself in an Indiana uniform. And so I just thought that was uh, something interesting to pass along. He didn't really elaborate much further than that, but, but um, I, I think, uh, you know, you could probably, you could probably check off a, uh, uh, you know, a check mark for, for Archie's first uh, real legit in-home visit for, for a kid going well and using film to get his point across. Yeah. Well, you know, we did that episode where we graded Archie Miller uh, and we talked about recruiting. I think we would all go back retroactively and give him an A plus now for recruiting. I think fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of us not named Ryan gave him a pretty good grade. I uh, said he got a B plus and if he got Romeo, it was an A plus. I said you needed that 
that, that linchpin recruit, and he got it. So absolutely, A+. plus. I, I said at the time, though, I would up that grade if he got Romeo. You did. You did. Um, so, Coach, you brought up an interesting uh, question here in the chat, and let's get to this, and then we'll go to some final thoughts because um, there's, there's obviously plenty more to talk about, but we're going to have a show Thursday night, and so we'll take a few breaths, uh, you know, come down from the psychedelic haze, as Zach termed it, uh, and then uh, have more analysis on Thursday. Uh, but, Coach, who do you think benefits the most from Romeo being on the roster? First of all, I think everyone benefits because the, the defense has to pay attention, but I'm looking for someone at, like Justin Smith who has shown the ability to score. And now with that spacing of the offense and you've got to know where Juwan is both inside and out, uh, you got to be ready for Romeo to shoot. You got to be ready for him to drive. And as, as Ryan said, he's just a scorer. You've got to, you know, shade the defense that direction. Uh, point guards, you would say, could open up some lanes to drive as well. The, the, the point guards, though, have to just take care of the basketball first. And we knew that yes. was a problem last year, but, you know, with Robert coming in, we assume that's going to be a lot better. But now they can have uh, a lot more opportunity to drive, pull up, drive, get to the rim, get fouled. Uh, and I think that – but I'm looking at Justin Smith, if I had to pick one player. Um, and that three spot, maybe, the three spot or the four spot, depending on what the size and what they do uh, lineup-wise, I think you're going to be able to see some extra scoring there that uh, we wouldn't have if a Romeo did not commit. Anybody else jump out, Ryan or Andy? I, I think it's really going to help a guy like Robert Finnessy because he's going to be able to relax a little bit. He doesn't have to work his way into the starting lineup immediately because of the lack of depth in the guard spots. I think that, you know, he's a guy who it's, it's going to be, his development is going to be imperative to the future for Indiana. And I think that allowing him to play is great, but forcing him to do too much as a, as a, you know, in his first year on campus is going to be tough. So uh, I think that really helps him out, helps Devonte green out too, because Devonte green can now play point guard and not have to play scorer. Um, you know, so I, I would say uh, that would be uh, my big, uh, my big two right there. Hey Zach, by the way, we have uh, people very concerned about you on Twitter that uh, doing a video podcast while driving is not very safe. But we but we appreciate you doing say, it anyway. Say that again, I missed it. We, we have people on, on Twitter that are concerned about you doing a video podcast while driving. But I just want you to know that we appreciate well, your effort to come on live with us. Thank you for your concern, and I made it. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, while I've got this, while I've got the uh, the end here, um, my immediately my immediate thought when Coach put that in the chat was um, was the big guys, and I guess I throw I guess I throw Juwan into the big guys mix. So I never thought I'd say three years ago, but um, I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking pick and roll now for Duran, uh, pick and roll for Juwan. I'm thinking a lot more room to throw it into the post. Uh, it won't be so um, packed in down low if Romeo is out top with his range. Um, you know, th those were all the things that crept into my mind, but I thought coach made another good point that <laughs> it kind of starts with not turning, turning the ball over. Uh, with point guards as well. But obviously, you know, like Coach said, I think it kind of helps uh, everybody, really. Andy, anybody else jump out that we haven't talked about yet? No, I was going to bring up the points that Zach did. I think, you know, him and, you know, being able to put Romeo and Juwan in some kind of, you know, high screen situation, see what happens there. And then uh, assuming Duran's back healthy, I mean, that was one of the issues of being able to you know, really double him and, uh, you know, not have a, a clear place to go with the ball. So I think, you know, even if you get Juwan the ball in the post, you know, being able to have him have, have somebody like Romeo to pass out to, put those two on the same side of the floor and make the defense pick their poison and go from there. 
Yeah. Maybe even get some Clifton more pick and pop action going if Clifton is uh, ready to step up. So, I mean, look, you know, coach, I think you said it right. Having Romeo is going to benefit everybody. There's no question about it. Um, so it's look, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a lot of fun the rest of this off season. Uh, you know, breaking down the possibilities. Uh, you know, breaking down what things are gonna look like. And obviously, the next thing that we need to figure out. Let me mute Zach real quick. Uh, the next thing that we have to figure out is whether Juwan's coming back. Uh, and hopefully, he is. I think everybody expects that he is. Um, but Juwan had a great season. He's a really good player. He's a versatile player. Uh, and whether or not he's invited to you know the combine, I haven't seen any mention that he has been. Um, you know whether or not the NBA is a, is a legitimate shot for him right now. He's put himself in a position that he wants if he wants to get paid playing basketball, he can. Um, so I look forward to seeing what decision he makes. I hope he makes the best decision for himself. Uh, but if that decision is to come back to Indiana, then it's uh, it, it, there, there's a lot to be excited about next year. Uh, and obviously, you don't need me to tell you how much there is excited to be or how much there is to be excited about for the future of IU basketball, given all the recruits. And by the way, have any of you guys watched video of Kira Lewis? the guard from Trenton Watford's AAU team that we're involved with. No, go, go watch some video. That guy is good. Like really good. Um, so obviously Indiana, you know, heavily in with DJ Carton and some other guys, but that guy's video, I mean, the fact that he's only a four star kind of surprised me because it looks like a five star player to me. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's wrap up here. We we have a whole off season to continue breaking this down. We appreciate everybody who's been here live, uh, as expected. This was the biggest live audience that we have ever had uh, for a show. So that you know shows you uh, <laughs> just the uh, the importance of, uh, of of Romeo's announcement and just the build up to it. But let's get some final thoughts, guys, before we sign off. Uh, and Andy, we'll go to you first. Um, yeah, probably eclipses the numbers from the uh, Mississippi Valley State game from a couple years ago, I would guess. But I really even, so. even with that turnaround jump shot, I know. Crazy. Uh, well, that's hard to say. Um, no, I, I mean, obviously, very exciting news for uh, for IU, for Archie Miller, and for the staff. Uh, you know, one of the tweets I saw, uh, Mike Miller had uh, he put this out. He said, Romeo Langford sat behind the IU bench during Indiana's January 14th win over Northwestern at Assembly Hall. So that afternoon taught him what he needed to know about Archie Miller. And his quote was, I just liked how it wasn't just him on the bench that was helping the players out and talking to them. It was all the coaches. Also let us players play through mistakes. Doesn't just take you out for just making a mistake. Let you play through it and coaches you through it. Really, that's what I'm looking forward to. So, you know, kind of mentioned at the top, yeah, this was a credit to the whole staff. I think Ed Schilling's name came up from a, uh, you know, player development standpoint. And, uh, and so exciting news like everybody else ready for the season to get here we'll have a lot of lineup speculation although uh i saw john rostein already posted what he thought you know his early thoughts on ie's lineup so that we can kind of put that conversation to rest and uh <laughs> and go from there but you know it's certainly an exciting night for iu and and one more thing i, I retweeted this um this is iu football related but uh ricky brookens who's a running back and some of the players put this together for one of the managers who just got diagnosed with uh Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so they're trying to raise money for that. So I retweeted it. If anybody wants to uh, give to that, it's a good cause. Cool that the, uh, the team's kind of rallying around the, Oh wow. uh, The manager. So uh, I I retweeted that it's out there. And so Jared, if you want to put it out from, from our account, you can, but, uh, but you know, kind of a good story to be able to do that. And, uh, and you know, an exciting night for IU fans and uh, enjoy the rest of it. And we'll be, uh, we'll be ready to talk about some games. 
not as soon as we would like to, but uh, you know, this is going to be one of those, sometimes the off season is long for different reasons. I feel like this one's going to be long for, uh, for maybe different reasons than it has been in the past. Yeah. It's, I'm almost glad Romeo dragged it out a little bit. Cause if he'd done this like a month ago, that's just an extra month to wait before we're watching, uh, him and in, in the cream and crimson. So I had that same thought. He burned off a good 30 days where we <laughs> yeah. normally wouldn't have had a lot to talk about. So you know, our, our, our appreciation to him for sure. Yes. Uh, coach, your final thoughts on an epic night for Romeo. Well, Lankford it's, and a, it's, it's a fantastic night. It's what we wanted to hear. It's made our program better. It's going to be a lot more fun to talk about next year, but watch the recruiting effort. Uh, we have a transfer, uh, grad transfer center on campus right now. And if he's taking a peek at how we love basketball, that might be a deciding factor. The Fitzner kid from St. Mary's, that might also tell you a little bit about injury recovery and expectations for next year at the yeah. at the five spot. And then watch those 2019 guys, too, if they see this momentum happening now. Uh, we're going to talk about Romeo a lot, but the effect, as many, I think, uh, Ryan and uh, Andy and even Galen mentioned, this could have a snowball effect. I, I think that's the next thing for us to watch uh, throughout the summer and the fall. All right, let's, uh, let's try to go to Zach here for final thoughts. We'll see how the audio is. Zach? You're, you're live at the after party. That's right. Hoopsters in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Can you guys hear me all right? It's good yeah, enough a little for bit. Just yeah. be quick. Yeah. Good enough? I'll be quick. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> just went on a diatribe about how Jared was crazy, and I'm supposed to be quick. Um, no, um, I thought it was very cool tonight. It's something that I'll never see again for sure. And, um, you know, I, I kind of I echo the thoughts. When you were asking for final thoughts from everybody, I was trying to collect something into my head. And coach stole it. Um, it kind of gives it gives the high level recruit permission again to consider Indiana, and I don't think that was here um, the last handful of years. And so I think that's very cool to see if there is some sort of snowball or domino effect uh, to this happening. But um, you know, who knows how long Romeo will be there? But I just think it'll be a lot of fun to um, to watch how he represents Indiana University and how proud people will be of that just as much, if not more, than his actual play. If it's anything like it was at New Albany and the way New Albany fans adore him, it's, it's, got, a, it's got just as much to do with his demeanor and his character. I know that's all kind of, you know, sappy stuff, but it really does have to do just as much about that as it does with his play, and I'm very excited to watch that. Awesome. Zach, thank you so much for coming on live earlier today and for hanging out with us tonight. Really appreciate it, man. No problem. See you guys. Have fun at the after party. We'll do. All right. And Ryan, your final thoughts on Romeo's announcement. I mean, just a huge day for Indiana basketball, huge day for Indiana University. Um, not only did they add just a phenomenal basketball player, but a great kid, a great family is now part of the Hoosier family. I think it it is worth celebrating. And I know I crapped on Jared's dream earlier, but no, it, it's, it is worth, it is worth celebrating. It's something that, um, you know, these big moments have been few and far between for Indiana basketball over the last decade or so. Uh, we certainly deserve, I think as fans, we've, we've kind of earned this one. And one thing I will say is if you have student tickets next year and you don't fill that dang balcony, I'm going to be so angry at you. <laughs> Go watch this kid play. Uh, you have the privilege of watching a really good player. Uh, and I think that you should be there and show up and be loud and, and, you know, give him the kind of reception he got in every single high school game. Cause that'd be bad. A bunch of high school kids showing you up. Um, but even I, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, people sh people should go there. In Arena, yep, they should. Yeah. They should. 
Uh, just because I think that it can be improved on doesn't mean that people shouldn't go. Um, but I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, a lot of credit goes to Archie Miller and to his staff, as, as Andy mentioned, um, you know, it's, the staff does not get as much credit as they deserve. Uh, teams, uh, are always, you know, they either win or lose on the head coach and that's all we consider, but that staff deserves a lot of credit because they worked extremely hard here and with the entire recruiting class. And let's not forget about those other kids in that recruiting class, just because we got Romeo. This is a great, great class. And it's going to be one that is huge for Indiana basketball for a long time. They're winners. Absolutely. Coach. They are winners. Uh, coach Ryan Miller. <laughs> that's, right. that's his first name. What? <laughs> it is. I mean, you're right. You're right. I, I, I cannot argue with that. Um, you know, Romeo's pastor spoke uh, during the ceremony and he said, talent can take you places where your character can't keep you. Uh, and he was talking about the importance of, you know, you have to have talent and talent can really take you places and it can lead you to great achievements. But your character has to be equal to that town and to the place where you are for you to stay there. And I think the reason, you know, when people wonder why this was such a big deal, you know, why this announcement was such a big deal. It wasn't just because a guy who scored 3000 points playing basketball in Indiana, you know, was making an announcement. And a lot of people thought that he was going to be choosing the state school. That was a big part of it. There's no question. But I think what made this so special and what made the relationship between Romeo Langford and the New Albany community so special, and you know, I talked about this a lot with, you know, with Alex Bozich and with Zach McCrite, you know, two guys who were there, saw it up close, saw Romeo play so often. And neither one of them is really a guy prone to hyperbole, especially Alex. You know, if you listen to podcast on the brink and listen to his talk on there. And, you know, to hear how effusive he was in praise of Romeo, not just the player, but the person, and to see the humility which with which he dealt with all of this attention and staying after to sign autographs and you know doing little things i heard i don't remember who i heard talking about this earlier today with Kent Sterling but talking about how you know he almost was in the New Albany community like a professional basketball player is in their community going to hospitals when you know when kids needed to pick me up and you know going and visiting uh, people who weren't feeling well like for him to do all of that at that young of an age you know shows a real maturity shows a real humility that when you combine that with his talent as he continues to grow physically and mentally and emotionally really suggests that you have a guy who's going to maximize his ability every step of the way and Look, you know, he spent four years at New Albany. I think we all expect that he's going to have a long, long career in the NBA. The time that he spends in Bloomington is going to be but a short pit stop, a very short pit stop. Uh, and so, obviously, we should all enjoy that as much as we can. Uh, hopefully, there are as many wins as possible. But uh, to echo what everybody said, this is this is a great day, I think, for Romeo because he got to make his announcement, uh, got to get that weight off of his shoulders. Obviously, a great day for New Albany to be able to celebrate uh, one of the best players, you know, certainly the best player that's ever come through uh, their high school, uh, and a great day for everybody who follows Indiana basketball because now this great player will continue his legacy, and it was going to be an Indiana legacy no matter what, but now he's actually going to to do it for at least one year at Indiana University. Uh, It it opens up so many possibilities uh, in our mind for what's possible for this upcoming season and what it could mean down the road. Uh, And I just know I'm excited to to see what happens. I know you are too. And uh, and we're excited to walk you through it every step of the way uh, here on the assembly call because that is what we do.
All righty. Well, that will do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of our live chat, you can join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to talk more IU hoops. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. From the company that brought you Rocket Mortgage comes Rocket Pro Insight, the innovative product designed to give real estate agents control like never before. With Rocket Pro Insight, agents have full visibility into the loan status of each of their clients, so agents can stay informed on their clients' activity throughout the process and help them compete against other buyers with a verified approval. Plus, agents have the power to adjust a client's approval letter amount in real time. With the document upload feature, Rocket Pro Insight gives real Real estate agents the freedom to check a client's progress from anywhere at any time. They'll be able to send files on their client's behalf so they don't have to let paperwork hold up the process. That means agents can help their clients clear mortgage roadblocks and close on time. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate and take your real estate business to new heights. Call for terms and details. Equal housing lender. Licensed in 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Verified approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.